0: Welcome, everybody, to Beauty IQ the podcast. I'm your host Joanna Fleming, and I am your co-host Hannah First. Have you seen Joe? This is like a new thing on the internet, and this is how I know people are like clearly going crazy in lockdowns mm. around the world. There's this new trend on Instagram, which is like, "What Seinfeld character are you? What Captain oh, yes, character yes, are you? Yes. What Matt?" What food are you? What dog are you? What cat are you? What cow are you? Like, it's insane. And it's just
1: photos of like your name over a still image. There's no, like, there's nothing yeah, to it. There's no method.
0: It's like <laughs> I knew when that trend started, mm. I was like, okay, we've really we've hit a low point. <laughs> we've really hit a low point in society that this this gives us so much joy. Yeah, I
1: feel like it was just an offshoot of memes though. But
0: I'm like, I am so guilty of this because, like, I go to every single one that's shared on stories and I try to find my yeah, name. same. And I can never find my oh, name. Oh, I found
1: you on Kath and Kim the other day. I'm scrolling Why didn't my- you
0: send it to me? Let oh me God. see if I can
1: find it for you now and I'll send it to you. Hang on one sec. Okay, all right, let me have a look. This is so
0: you. <laughs> oh, actually that is me. It's that's cute. like that's like me when I go what? Yeah, what? It is. It 100% is your face. We'll put
1: that we'll share that to our stories when this episode comes out so that people can oh. can vote on whether that looks
0: like you. Anyway, what is on today's episode, Hannah? On today's episode we're talking about at-home IPL, which I have been doing in isolation. We are also talking to a clinical psychologist on the Corona Coaster, as she calls it, mm. and of course the products we didn't know we needed.
1: I'm glad that we are talking about this topic today because I always say that laser hair removal was like the best thing I ever did mm. as an 18-year-old girl and I really haven't had to have mine touched up very much um, in the last, how old am I now? What That would have been nine years ago now. Yeah, that's amazing. I was really intrigued when we got this IPL machine because I have always been like, no, surely they don't work. Like I've had that medical grade laser. I'm like, that sh- works we know it works but does the IPL actually work you've been using it Hannah I have been and I'm now tempted to get it so that I can do my arms
0: Yeah. So basically we went into lockdown and I was, I literally straight away messaged our buying team and was like, can you please get an at-home IPL device? (laughs) Um, And they did. And it's called selfie stick. And I'm one of those people. Selfie,
1: selfie skin. You said selfie stick. Selfie stick. Selfie
0: skin. (laughs) Okay. It's called selfie skin. And I didn't want to, I was writing like a article for it and I wanted to but I actually had to use it for six weeks to see if it actually worked and Mm -hmm. you can't really tell I guess on the areas that you've got laser hair removal because your hair is so thin in the areas that you know like my legs hardly have any hair so I've just been topping up my legs my Brazilian and my underarms with the machine just for good mm-hmm. measure. Yeah. But what I did was I shaved my arms and I did my arms from scratch. Like I've never done any, I've only waxed my arms. I've never done hair removal. Like, Laser yeah. hair removal on there. And within six weeks, I think I probably did six treatments, you recommended to do 12 treatments to get the best results. We'll put a link in the episode notes so you can see the before and afters. It really, really worked. Like you saw the photos, right? Yeah, and I was convinced. Yeah, it wasn't completely gone, but the <laughs> mm-hmm. hair was like significantly Reduced. Not that yep. there's anything wrong with arm hair, but like I've always waxed my arm hair. So, yep, same. Everyone has a personal
1: preference on
0: body hair. Just <laughs> Everyone, yes, put that out there. <laughs> or like there's actually nothing wrong with arm hair whatsoever, but like yep. it's up to you, whatever your, it's personal, just your preference personal preference your personal
1: preference. Yeah. A good point on um, IPL versus laser as well. As you just said then, that it reduced the hair. When I was back in clinic like, years ago, we used to call IPL laser hair reduction and then actual medical grade laser, laser hair removal. So that's a really good comparison of the two technologies, I think, because the wavelengths that they use for like a medical grade laser are different to what they use for IPL because IPL can be used for, you know, hair, it can be for age spots, it can be for general tone of the skin as well. So it's not just for hair removal either.
0: You definitely want to do a patch test to assess your skin's tolerance. As you can imagine, I I did not do this and Mm -hmm. (laughs) I did my legs on the highest setting or my whole leg on the highest settings first. It wasn't, I wouldn't call it a Burn. Well, it kind of was a burn. You know, when you get laser at the clinic and they turn it up really high and you get like those mm-hmm. red kind of bumps and lumps or like, yeah, it kind of looks like a rash because I literally did not check my skins, how my skin would react to the highest setting first. Yeah. So that's the first thing that you need to do. The second thing that I've been doing is I've been using the laser A to soothe the area afterwards. Mm -hmm. I specifically use that on the time that I used it on the highest settings. You can use it on your face, um, but don't use it near your eyes. I actually wore sunglasses when I was doing it. Yeah, that's a good idea. So don't expect that you'll get results like straight away. You need to use it every week for about 12 weeks and then monthly for three months after that and I've really noticed I think within like six weeks I started to see a reduction in the hair on my arms Mm -hmm. Uh, same as laser hair removal please remove all fake tan on the areas and I have to like repeat this like do not like do not use on tattoos because i nicked mm-hmm. one of my tattoos i like Oof. wasn't being Ooh. careful and i just was like whatever and i nicked like the end of a tattoo and it was like it like burnt the skin are we avoid using it over dark freckles or moles Mm-hmm. And that's really like the main things that I found to be like the most helpful. But the but really, you've got to check your skin's tolerance before yeah. moving the setting up. And I don't use, Definitely. I use like the second or third setting on my face because I don't yeah. want to end up with like any red irritation or rash on my face. So,
1: yeah. And just being um, realistic about expectations as well with, uh, you know, how much it's going to reduce the hair too. Like don't expect to have a completely hair-free Brazilian after three sessions. Like that's not going to (laughs) happen.
0: The thing that I'm not sure about is the fact that if you get laser hair removal in clinic, like if you're then using an IPL one at home, is it like two different modalities? So like it's not working? Like I just wasn't sure what the deal was with that.
1: Um, I don't think it's so much that it's not working, but you're right. It is two different wavelengths of light. So yeah, good question. Probably for a laser therapist to answer. One of my friends the other day, before we went into lockdown 2.0, sent me a message, and she was like, "Hey, I've just um, had some laser, and um I think the lady might have burnt my bum hole." <laughs> <laughs> I was like, "Um, okay." She's like, "It's really sore."
0: No, that's happened to me before. She's like, "It
1: really hurts," and I was like, "Okay, come past my house. I'll give you. I gave her some soothing gel. that's just like it's like laser aid, um you know, just like an aloe vera gel." But she came good in a couple of days and she was like, it hasn't grown back. That was amazing. I'd be happy for her to burn my bum hole every time I
0: went if it meant that nothing was going to grow back. (laughs) If you want to see the before and afters and read like my full verdict, there's also like a link to any question that you have about IPL, which we're not going to obviously read through here. But if you've got all the questions that you might have on IPL, there's a link through to our ultimate guide on that. So um, we'll pop the links in the episode notes if you are interested in learning more about selfie skin. All right.
1: So today's topic is probably a little bit more relevant for those of us in Victoria, but still relevant to everyone around Australia at the moment. Today, we have joining us Dr. Aileen Allegado, clinical psychologist at Mindset Psychology in Sydney. Now, welcome to the show, Aileen. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. We thought we'd invite you on because uh, Hannah and I have kind of spoken about this in in episodes previously that, um, you know, mental health wise, It's been a real struggle being in COVID times. It's very uncertain. There's a lot of anxiety.
0: Are you sure? Are you sure it's uncertain, Joe? I'm not sure (laughs) if it's uncertain. I haven't heard that before.
1: Well, it's unprecedented, Hannah. (laughs) Um, And we saw, Aileen, that you've been sharing a lot of really helpful tips on Instagram for managing stress and anxiety during this period. And you've also written an e-book called Coping Through COVID, which I've had a flick through as well. Can you explain to us from a psychological point of view why a lot of us are experiencing seeing really heightened anxiety at the moment obviously aside from the obvious yeah look when it first
2: happened as a psychologist all i w- could think about was no one in the world that is alive has ever experienced anything like this so from the psychology of how to deal with a challenge like this is going to be phenomenal right so i started off thinking what will be the implications in regards to isolation mental health the uncertainty the lack of control all of which we're all going to be faced with as this starts to unfold and hence when i started writing the a newsletter initially the ebook was meant to be a newsletter that turned into an ebook because i thought there were so many things that I couldn't exclude once you start starting about writing at what are the things that people really need to pay attention to, to be aware of, because this is going to be a challenge for each and every single one of us if we were going to go through... This and successfully onto the other side. For those of us mm-hmm. based in Victoria, like Joe and
0: I, we're in the middle of lockdown 2.0. And I think what's happened for us is that we had a really, really brief stint of freedom, which was like you're back into it. And then all of a sudden it's taken away from you. So is it? Is it normal to feel more stressed now than at the beginning of the crisis?
2: Yes, it's definitely normal to be more stressed now and to be more anxious because if you think about it when it first started, no one really knew what was going on and at least there was this solace that we found in each other that we're all in it together because Mm. everyone we knew was having to go through the same difficulties. And so having to do it again and having survived the trauma, you know, there was an element of novelty with it that I think some people obviously tried to do the best that they could, not knowing what's on the other side. And having survived that, to be on the other side and have that little bit of freedom and relief, only to actually be... Put back into lockdown it really is tough you know it really triggers emotions of Stress and helplessness. There's some injustice that comes up for some people, which you could totally understand and is totally normal. And the difficulty is that, you know, not everybody is in the same position. As humans, we can't stop ourselves from comparing to others, knowing what they are able to do, and then, you know, the fairness of what you're not able to do. Yeah, I must say, I've, I've been following a few people on Instagram and I'm thinking I'm going to have to hide them yes. because they're on like holidays in. Noosa and I'm like um (laughs) I can't look at that right now. I would just from from a perspective of someone from Sydney I can just tell you that everybody's in Sydney is um on edge about these things as well so they're not as smug (laughs) as as maybe Victorians (laughs) feel because we only know it's probably a matter of time that it's probably going to happen to us and so that's a very different psychology that that people are going through, right? Where they have their freedom, but they're kind of apprehensive and they don't know what to do with it. Yeah. Can you recommend any strategies for
1: remaining positive or keeping feelings of stress at bay and and trying to stay motivated and creative while we're living in this limbo, which is kind of applicable for everybody around Australia? Because as you just said, you're anticipating something more to happen and Mm. we're living in this space
2: where we don't know when lockdown is going to end. Um, what can you recommend? Well, that's right. I mean, you know, the first rule of thumb in terms of anything that we can't control, I mean, these things are happening and, and, and everybody's in the same position, but what we have control over is our mindset and the beliefs and value that we hold. So being able to focus on the opportunities that this lockdown might be able to give us and, you know, we're Having to dig deep with these things because we know how difficult it is. But if we look at our opportunities to be able to take a break, reevaluate, and reassess what we're doing in life, being able to live in a very simplistic or minimal way, some people would value the time that they get to spend with family that often we don't get in a very distracted, very busy world. There's a lot of positive things that if we are actually attuned to focus on what we have, you know, what what we can be grateful for, that generally helps with motivation and for us to continue to push through, be creative, be in a positive mindset and get the most out of a really bad situation. Mm-hmm. On to, I guess,
0: exercise. So I think the hardest thing for me was that I went back to the gym and then literally, I think two weeks later, the gym was closed again. It's probably not the right time to stop exercising now that we've gone back into lockdown. So can you explain to us how exercise can impact anxiety and and depression and the kind of exercise that you might recommend during this time?
2: Yeah, so exercise is one of those things that I I call it like the panadol or the panacea of any mental health issues. The first thing that you would be asked if you go to a psychologist and you're having mood problems or you're not happy with something, the question will be, do you get some exercise? And that is because it releases endorphins that are feel-good hormones. We all most people generally know that, but not only that it actually helps physiologically other functions of your body and your brain so it it helps with digestion, it helps with clarity of thinking, it helps with your sleeping, it also influences if you exercise, it will influence your choices in terms of your eating so these are basic. Fundamentals for stress management. And obviously, the more able you are to manage stress, the better you are in any situation, how difficult it is. And it helps you as well in terms of immunity. And so you're less likely to be sick. Mm-hmm. In terms of the kinds of exercise, do you, because I've like,
0: I'm not at the gym anymore. So I'm just walking. So my heart rate isn't really going up. Is that okay? Like, is it okay to walk and do yoga rather than doing some like high impact exercise? Or do you recommend a bit of both?
2: Like, they, they say that um, depending on how much your heart rate can get going. So you can have intermittent fast walking in terms of walking you know having your heart rate go up it it really is a measure of how much you can circulate Mm -hmm. blood in your body so not kind of leisurely walks but much more probably brisk walks that's just more for your cardio and if you're looking at being able to strengthen parts of your your muscles for example if you're sitting down all day in a desk it's probably not a bad idea to obviously walk so you can kind of move around but it's probably not a bad idea to probably do some back strengthening exercise like you know lifting weights or you know like maybe doing some core and 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 strengthening for being able to stay upright in such a sitting sedentary type of environment. Some good tips there.
1: For anyone that is feeling really down and out and just feels like they aren't really coping very well with the current situation, what resources can you recommend for anyone in that position?
2: So the good thing about the pandemic is once it happened, a lot of health and non-for-profit organisations have rallied to actually get some really useful materials and resources that they've put out for free. So it's just a matter of looking for reputable sources. There's a lot of them on the internet. Places like Butterfly Foundation, Lifeline, the World Health Organisation has put um, really useful resources there for mental health. Beyond Blue, Centre for Clinical Interventions, and various psychological societies that have helped in terms of giving resources to people to use. And if all that fails, because often it can be overwhelming to have so much information come to you from the internet, talking to people that are of health backgrounds, such as your GPs, allied health professionals, they often would have resources that they use or they can refer you to that will be really helpful. And because they know you, often those resources that get given to you also is quite individualised rather than a generic one. Uh, So I recommend Mm -hmm. that. And also one of the positive things that the government had done in this pandemic is to make telehealth available for everybody, which it didn't used to be. It used to be only for the people in rural areas. So what that means is that if you don't even want to go to your GP or um, you don't, really feel comfortable leaving the house or you're in lockdown, that you don't have to suffer in silence, that you can actually go online, find an online therapist, telehealth, and that will be possibly bulk billed or included with Medicare rebates, which is really good and I encourage people to try that out and keep looking for the right person that is the right one for you, even if sometimes, you know, the first or the second time sometimes isn't a good match. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, in your ebook, you raised some really interesting points around human behavior and social interactions. How does isolation typically affect people?
2: So, I talked about um, in my ebook how historically isolation has been done as a form of punishment because mm. humans have a core human need of connection. So whether that's connection to nature, yeah. connection to a purpose or a meaning into something, right? So if you think about corporal punishment, where you get put in a box with no light stimulation, not that that's kind of what lockdown looks like to us. But you know, th- this is actually like when people are devoid of any stimulation. That's kind of really at the core of what makes us fearful of isolation because fundamentally even if we were introverts or extroverts we still want to have a form of connection to something you know to feel that we are a part of something bigger and to feel isolated or alone is actually one of the greatest human fears as well so that creates depression and anxiety for most people that that have that belief so isolation affects people generally quite negatively but in saying that the people that have embraced isolation and I'm going to change the word isolation to solitude which is more of like kind of a willingness to focus on thinking or a project or a a idea and this is when you have Philosophers and inventors and the brilliant minds like Albert Einstein come up with creative ideas that are kind of out there that the universe or the world kind of finds pretty novel. And they've managed to come up with those ideas in isolation or solitude in the absence of the distraction and the busyness and expectations of the world. So there's a lot of opportunity for creativity if you can create that space in a positive manner.
1: Well, there you go, Hannah. You should be writing your romance novel. <laughs>
2: <laughs> ah, I've started,
0: don't worry.
1: <laughs> <laughs> So around working from home, I, Hannah and I are really grateful to still be working, you know, and have something to fill our days. But there is a difficulty with separating work life from home life. I, I've seen a little saying going around that working from home should be changed to living at work yes (laughs) Um, do you have any tips for breaking that up I guess and, and making that process seem a little bit more separated yeah
2: I think I mean like we can look at it like more in a good way or in a bad way where we are obviously stuck in one place and then we don't have like that variety and you know we we don't have that stimulation that and the movement that we usually would have if we're moving from home to office. But we can actually mimic that if we set it up in terms of routines. So thinking about when are you most energetic and then putting activities in the time of the day that you find that you are most productive at work, which obviously wasn't available to us before. We're not confined to our nine to five working as long as you can get your work done. And that might mean that You might be working till late at night, but you can actually get a lot of your other things done during the day. So there's some positive things there. if, If you actually like really look at your own productivity throughout the day, creating routines around that, you know, when are you most energized? When do you need rest? Being able to move energies around and set some boundaries or parameters so that, you know, you have a workstation, you get ready for your workstation and then, you know, when it's lunchtime, making sure that you move away from your desk the same way that you will probably leave the office to go and get lunch. So move away mm-hmm. and then have lunch and, and, you know, make a personal call during that time so it's actually, fe- so it feels like a break and then being able to kind of structure your day to what works for you.
0: I Something that I've personally found really hard, I don't know if other people feel the same, but I used to be able to work like really long hours and it and it didn't really affect me and I used to be able to like I'd be at the office until like 6 or 7 and the day would just fly but now I find it really hard to to put in those like and maybe it's a good thing that like I'm out of that habit but I'm finding it like really kind of impossible to like really do those like solid day like that. There's something about being at home and being isolated that I, like at six o'clock, I'm like, I have to stop now.
2: Is that normal? That is totally normal because you got to think about isolation in itself is exhausting. I don't think, think people yeah. think isolation is as being exhausting because it's like restful, but resting and isolation are two different things. We have an idea in our head of how to be spending time and then we get overwhelmed by how to do that in an environment that is novel and new to us. You know, for you, probably being in the office got you in a mindset or a state of flow that staying an extra couple hours is not really going to make a difference. But once you're at home, there's nothing really that demarcates that for you. And so the, the mindset or the flow is probably very different.
1: Mm. So if you want to have a read of Dr. Aileen Alagado's ebook, it's called Coping Through COVID and you can find that on Mindset Psychology. So thank you so much for joining us today,
2: Aileen. Thank you so much for having me. It's been wonderful to chat and just to, to you know, normalize everything. Everybody is just going through the ups and downs. I call it the Corona Coaster, <laughs> where some <laughs> days, some <laughs> days you feel good and, you know, you're onto it and then some days you just don't really feel like doing anything and that's okay like we just need to practice some kindness and compassion thanks so much thank you I
0: thought that was really interesting Joe, and I really appreciate you choosing that guest <laughs> that's okay I really liked it and actually as I was thinking about the I still think there's like some stigma or, or there's maybe some people still feel stigma around admitting to the fact that they see mm-hmm. a psychologist or even feeling like a bit of shame around seeing a psychologist. Like there's something wrong with you. But you actually, I think it's like I, you know, I've had like a lot of sleep problems. So I've always like seen someone. It took like a really long time to find someone good though. Yeah. Like you don't really gel with well, a lot. it's like dating. You've got
1: to find the right person for you. If you're opening up about your life, you want to click that person in some way
0: I have found like the best like I'm so happy with him actually and I go like maybe every month and you get actually get 10 sessions subsidized by the government each year so go see your GP Mm -hmm. and like I think now is like seriously now of all times to be using those 10 sessions like I would highly recommend particularly if you're in Victoria right now Mm -hmm.
1: and some workplaces as well offer a program called AAP um, which we have at Adore Beauty which is really really great and it gives you the option to source that support through your employer so just check with your work whether they offer EAP, but that's
0: also a really good option yeah no um, I spoke to our HR department actually because I was having a little bit of a hard I was having a harder time than you I think We had a couple of reviews that were quite personal Mm -hmm. and I literally did not sleep and I was like, I don't want to do this anymore. I was like, I'm quitting the podcast, but I didn't guys because there's more positive reviews. Yeah, but it
1: is really hard to see that negativity sometimes when you're trying to put you know, content out there and you put yourself on the line and that's really hard to hear sometimes.
0: And I don't mind constructive feedback, but when it's like directed at you as a person, it can be really challenging. And actually our HR manager who actually was on um, My Kitchen Rules experienced something really (laughs) similar. (laughs) She experienced something really similar where people were like, sending her like horrific things yeah. on the internet and so she had actually recommended that I use the EAP but I said I'm already seeing someone I don't I don't need to use it
1: if you're having a hard time again just seek support like you don't have to as Aileen said you don't have to suffer in silence you can reach out to someone and it is really helpful both from mine and Hannah's perspectives it's absolutely worth seeing someone and talking about how you're feeling so yeah we hope everyone's doing okay So my product I didn't know I needed is, and I've done this before, the Beauty Chef Glow in a beauty powder. So the reason I'm doing this again is because they have reformulated the original glow from when we first did that episode with Carla. Is that episode two or or three or four? Four, Yep, (laughs) I got there in the end. So if you want to listen to that full episode about the beauty chef, go and listen to it because it's really interesting if this is the kind of stuff you're into. But I've been taking Glow for years and have been obsessed with it. Like it honestly made such a difference to my digestive health. I can't speak highly enough of it. They've just done a new formula. So it actually tastes a heap better. I actually put mine into- orange juice with pulp, as I think I mentioned on that Mm. episode, but that's my little trick to being able to stomach it because it is a bit gritty and, you know, it has a specific flavor. So if you're not used to taking supplements, you might not like it. Um, But that's my little trick for taking it really easily. And they've added, I think it's provitamin A and biotin as well. So it's better for your um, hair, skin and nails too, as well as being good for your skin. But the biggest difference for me was that because it's got the pre and probiotics in it, that made such a difference to my gut health and I just am obsessed with it. And also now I've got my dad onto it and he takes it every day. No, really? <laughs> yeah, he Cheating. takes it in orange juice as well every day. So um, he said he's feeling better too. So if a 65-year-old man is saying that, then you should probably try it. Oh, he's joining the bougie bitches. Yeah, he is. <laughs> He is. And he's also started using a moisturizer as oh, well. And he uses bless. his SDF. So, yeah. Anyway, that's me over with, Hannah tell us. So,
0: okay. So I wanted, it's taken me a while to get here and I was like, oh man, I should have done this the week that it was like all the big news and everyone was talking about yeah. Instagram, but I, <laughs> I just didn't. Anyway, it is the Dyson Corral. And the reason I wanted to try it was because I'm going through this whole trying to grow healthy hair, but mm. like you can't change how fast your hair grows, but you can actually like improve the quality of the hair that you're growing. So I'm going through, I've got this whole new hair routine. If you've seen, my hair two years ago, you would understand. Yeah, she put it on her Instagram. uh, Like how bad was the Go and look at it. (laughs) Yeah, go and look at it, guys. (laughs) So what I'm doing this time around because I'm trying to grow my hair in preparation for becoming a hippie in Thailand because that's going to be – that's in a couple of years' time. So (laughs) because we won't be able to travel. So in preparation for that journey, I'm growing my hair. So anyway, I thought as part of that I would try out the Dyson Corral because it's got these flexible plates which doesn't really mean much but what that actually does is it controls the hair so well that you only have to go over each spot once Mm. or twice. Yeah
1: because you know how when you're straightening your hair and the bits come out the side like as you press as you clamp
0: down that doesn't happen it like controls the hair. Like it's really amazing the way that it does that. I think that's the best thing about it is like the level of like control that you have over each section of mm. hair. So I only had to go through most sections with once. And so I have like mm. very frizzy hair, frizzy, curly, coarse hair. Like that's unheard of for me. I usually have to go over at least like four or five times. And I, yep. I wish I didn't have to, but I do. So you also don't really have to like blow dry it beforehand, which is good if you're lazy. And the other really good thing about it is it's cordless. So I actually leave it charging and then i like pull it off you don't have to plug it in you just pull it off the charge and you can like sit on the couch and straighten your hair which is just a dream for me okay now i have to talk about the price this is like the (laughs) thing that like really was like a stickler for me i'm like i just think that if you don't own a straightener and you're looking to invest in like a straightener like a really good straightener and you're going to use it three four times a week and you curl your hair with it as well, and like you're, I, I think then you may want to like you may say like, okay, it's worth it because I'm going to be using it like thousands of times in the in the next mm-hmm. few years, but it's seven hundred dollars, and so I think that is like it's not going to be affordable for, for most people. Mm.
1: Like we're bougie bitches, but even for us, that's yeah. a stretch. Yeah, <laughs> so
0: even for me, I was like, yeah, that's probably out of my budget at mm. the moment. But yeah. if you're investing $500 every time you get your hair dyed blonde, yeah. you're spending so much on having like these, and then if your hair's falling out, because the good, the thing about the corral is you can put it on 165 degrees. Yeah, which is much better for damaged hair. A hairdresser told me a story, um, this girl came in, every I think like every six weeks to get her blonde redone and then because it started falling out she was going to like Sinclair (gasps) Dermatology and then she like started like you know like she just was spending so much money on like Mm. her hair falling out because it was the the bleach had damaged it so badly so, oh. look. In that case, you like that's not the like. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because I think it's an I think it's an incredible straightener. I'm so yeah. blown away by the technology. One thing I really would have liked to see them do is use air technology
1: in some way. Like I was, I walked into the briefing going, "Oh, is it going to be like some kind of vacuum for your
0: hair?" Oh. But it
1: wasn't. <laughs> But still, the flexible plates are pretty, pretty cool.
0: Uh, Like I'm surprised that like no one has thought of it before. The flexible plates? Well, because it really works. Like you only have to go over each section once and heat
1: damage. Well, if you want to see this in action, we actually did a YouTube video and Yaz in our team who has wavy, frizzy hair, she tried it out and gave her honest verdict on it. So if you're looking for someone who's going to tell you everything about it and show you how it works – go to our YouTube because she did a really cool and review on it.
0: I will continue. I'll be using it through this kind of like the next couple of months of hair growth. So that's mm. like part of this new routine of like try not to like damage the hair so that you grow yep. really strong, healthy, luscious hair. Yeah. And what other
1: products are you using?
0: So I'm using the Apothecary Hair Food and Main Event. Yep. They're my like supplements. Micah from our hair care category, she swears by those supplements. Um, and then mm-hmm. I'm also using the Kerastase Extensioniste. I actually can't use the shampoo because I've, I've had my keratin treatment. More on that later. Oh. But I'm I know. Can't wait to hear about that. <laughs> I, will, I will be using, they've got a serum and they've got a mask and they've got like a, a length carrying gel cream. Oh, what about mask wearing? Have you ordered a special mask?
1: So my, one of my really good friends is actually making them for our whole friendship group. So she's at home at the moment and she's actually, as we speak, sewing us fabric masks. Cute. I know. I thought that was so nice of her. So she's doing us all little custom face masks, so 2020, that's the world we live in. I think um, I bought
0: one of the most. I spent so much on my, I spent more than.
1: Oh, really? Where from?
0: <laughs> Actually, it wasn't that expensive. It was E. Nolan. So my, one of my friends is a, oh, fas- yes. she's a fashion designer and she yeah. does like suiting and she had all this like really beautiful fabric um, that she's making masks. She sold so many, like how is she going to sew them all? Like, I don't know, but yeah. it's like blue flowers. That's the one i Cute. bought it.
1: I've I've asked for a leopard one, but I also have surgical ones at home. Apparently, they're the best ones you can wear, but really? obviously you have to throw them out every time. Do you? Yeah. The surgical ones you need to throw out every Why? day, like every time you use them. The fabric ones need to be three layers and you're meant to wash them every day.
0: Wow. Okay. Yeah. Well, I better get a few more fabric ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Might need to. <laughs> All right. Well, stay safe. Yep. We'll see you next
1: week, guys. We're not going anywhere. <laughs>